There's mining going on in the city of Toronto, and it might be shocking to you, but the mining that's happening is happening at three stations of the Crosstown LRT. This is uh, a method that they are employing to construct those um, stations. One of them is layered. On the line with me now is Juan Asofra. Is the, he's the director of mine stations for the Crosstown LRT. Welcome to the program, Juan. Good to have you with us. Hey, good, good, good to be here. Thank you. Listen, I know that you've worked on subways all over the world. Give us an idea of the places you've worked. Well, I've worked in mainly in the last 10 years in uh, projects related to tunneling, and it was in Madrid, Spain, and in London, UK, before I came to Toronto. So what goes into this mining? The main reason what is being done in these stations is we're trying to um, reduce impacts to traffic and to the uh, to the surface, and in particular for Laird and Avenue stations, which are the two of the three stations. These are very long stations. Most of the stations are 100 meters long, but these two are almost half a kilometer long. And the disruption for these stations, if we're in doing this like this mining methodology, it will be much greater. Give us an idea of exactly how you prepare the ground for this mining. Before we actually do the excavation, we do what we call a pre-support. It's an umbrella. It's a protection to, uh, that we do above the, the, the current that is going to be excavated. And basically, it's micro paths with the steel tubes. Uh, all creating kind of an arch uh, above what is going to be excavated to to ensure that the, we minimize settlements and potential impacts to surface. So are you doing this underground? You're, you're going in yeah. a little bit underground and you're you're creating an arch? Yeah, we, we excavate a shaft, kind of an access shaft, which is about 30 to 40 meters deep. And from that shaft, from the bottom of that shaft, we start the mining operations with this uh, umbrella that I was mentioning and also making sure that before we have remove all the water uh, by uh, sophisticated dewatering system that we have to implement as well. So how do you remove the water? Do you have um, pumps continuously taking the water away from the tunnel? Exactly. We have a, a surface scheme of, uh, depending on the ground conditions, uh, could be from an order of magnitude of uh, 50 wells uh, distributed along the stations, and then also from the tunnel itself, as we, as we progress, we also do some additional dewatering. Uh, all this water is pumped into water treatment plants, and then from those water treatment plants, they go discharged into the sanitary or storm sewers. You've got the wells installed, the pumps going, you've got the, the umbrella installed. Now what do you do? Do you bring in some large dwell- drilling machinery? and Give us an idea of how big that machinery is. So the caverns that we excavate are, to give you an order of magnitude, they are uh, uh, pretty big. They they can be up to 17 meters high, so that's a few stories building, and up to the widest one is 18 meters wide. But these caverns are not excavated in, in one go. We, it's kind of a combination of small tunnels that finally we connect them uh, to form the big cavern which forms the station. Uh, and it's, we call this a sequence because of this methodology, we call it a sequential excavation method. The main equipment that we use is um, excavators, but they are specific excavators for this methodology. Then we have robots to spray the concrete, which we call for this methodology shotcrete, because it's sprayed. And Jumbo, uh, Jumbo, which is the equipment that we use for the umbrella that I was mentioning. There are other equipments, but they are not as uh, in particular, those three. So you're constantly stabilizing the tunnels as you go? 
Exactly. We excavate, we excavate uh, mini sections of tunnel of 1.5 meters long, and we spray concrete every 1.5 meters to create kind of a, a stable uh, oval tunnels. How long does it take for the tunnels to actually stabilize, you know, when you've sprayed in the concrete so that it's safe for you and your men to go in, down? So as soon as we it takes, uh, we have requirements for this the the concrete mix that it has to meet, and in we check after two minutes, after five minutes, after ten minutes, and it has to meet a requirement strength. So after a few minutes, it has the uh, the enough strength to 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 be kind of stable. Sounds like a complicated process, and I know you're an expert in this, but what kind of roadblocks could you run into? So the main concern is the water. As long as we maintain the water out of the face, uh, that's one of uh, the biggest challenges, to always maintain, know where the water is. We have a lot of piezometers always indicating where are the levels, but that's the kind of the, the greatest challenges. And in like any other tunnel uh, operation, is the uncertainty of the, of the ground conditions. Uh, when you have... Uh, materials like clay they are okay when you when you encounter some sand that is not expected then you can ha- run into some issues we have uh, we have to plan for everything and we have um, we know how to deal with any with any situation but we um, we have to be ready for it basically you mentioned that this is one of three LRT stations that are being mined yeah. and excavated this way and the others are the uh, cut and cover method where you kind of come in from the surface you cut open the ground and then you build you know, you rebuild from there. But um, why are those other stations not adequate for mining? So the ground conditions may not be as terrible, but there's also, there is also um, uh, a constraint in terms of the amount of resources that can be found to this, the, for, for mining. There is a, the, the skill required for mining operations is very unique. Uh, we are having to using all the skill that we skill people that we find here in Canada, but we also bring in people from abroad, from Europe, uh, to complement the people that that we have here. So it comes down to the the idea that there's just not enough skilled workers here. It would take too long if we were to take your men and you know move them along. The timeline would be too long. Yeah, and also you have to. We have to use the. the I think the combination of of the different methodologies is kind of the the, the perfect balance uh, in order to use these very good uh, subcontractors from this city that are very familiar with the cut and cover for the stations that are 100 meters, um, particularly when they are not in intersections. It's probably the the best methodology. When you become in the middle, of, when you have the station in the middle of a main road. And you want to minimize impact to utilities and to traffic is when the uh, mining operation makes more sense. I'm not the only one thinking this. I know Juan. It sounds expensive. How much more expensive is it to mine a station than to do the cut and cover? I don't think it's is more expensive. I think it depends on the each station depending on the conditions. It could be more cost effective to do mining than cut and cover. So from start to finish, how long does a project like this take? From day one to the designing. Uh, the whole project and execution it could take five to six years all right listen i appreciate your time today thank you so much for joining us Juan. no problem pleasure